0: Hey everyone, you are listening to the official podcast of the Evangelical Free Church of Ken, where our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. For those of
1: you who don't know me, uh, my name is... I am the children and family pastor here at the Evangelical Free Church. And um, I get to speak today on the definition of family and what does that look like biblically. And before we get to that, one important thing about family is children. And um, a part of our services that we're doing in June, we'll be doing a child dedication on the 27th, uh, last Sunday of the month, and so if you are interested in having your children dedicated on that day, um, let me know, and we're going to do a Sunday school class in two Sundays on the 6th, and we'll do, um, there's a potential of having at least 10 families that want to dedicate their children, because we have a lot of new kids now part of our church, which is really exciting, And so if you would like to be a part of that dedication, let me know, sign up, and we will do a class. If you can't make that class, I'll meet with you individually. We can talk about what that kind of looks like. The concept of family is extremely important as you look through the Bible and as you read Scripture, both in a physical sense and in a theological sense and in a spiritual sense. If you get nothing else from today, I want you to get this. Your family is important, so choose to love them. Family is introduced at the beginning. When we go to the beginning of Scripture into Genesis 1, God blesses Adam and Eve to be fruitful and increase in number, to fill the earth and subdue it, to rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God's plan for creation was for men and women to marry and have children to fill the earth, become one through marriage and their children and become that family, husband and wife, children, family. That becomes the essential building block of human society. We also see early on that family members were to take care of one another. Uh, We can kind of see this. At the beginning of Scripture, again with Cain and Abel, when God says to Cain, where is your brother? And Cain's flippant response is, what am I, my brother's keeper? Somewhat implied here is yes, Cain is expected to know what's going on with his brother as being the oldest. Not only was it sad that his brother had not known in taking care of, but he lied to God, right? Lied about his brother because Cain had murdered Abel. And it's the first instance of, of murder in the Bible. The Bible has a more communal sense. When we look at the Bible and it talks about family units, when we look at Western society today, our society today, we tend to focus more on the individual person. In the Middle East, over in ancient ancient East, in Jesus' time, um, even now today, that family unit is is focused around what happens with the family, not necessarily what can I find for myself individually. If we look at Scripture, God does a lot of focusing around family units in the Old Testament. When God saved Noah, who did He save from the flood? He didn't just save Noah, right? God's protection and salvation was for his wife, his sons, and his son's wives. In other words, his entire family was saved in Genesis. We can move on and look at Abraham. Abraham, when he's called out, doesn't just call out Abraham, he calls out his entire family. The signs of the Abrahamic covenant is circumcision, that all males were to be circumcised within the household whether they were born into the family or whether they were servants of the household. In other words, God's covenant with Abraham wasn't just with Abraham. It was with his family, not the individual. The importance of the family can be seen again as we move into the Mosaic covenant. God gives us the Ten Commandments, and if you look at the Ten Commandments, one-fifth of that, Two out of the ten scriptures is focused around dealing with family and maintaining the cohesiveness of family. The fifth commandment regards honoring your parents. Brandon talked about honor last week. Preserving the authority of parents in family matters. The seventh covenant provides prohibiting of adultery. It protects the sanctity of marriage between one man and one woman. From these two commandments flow all the other various stipulations and rules and laws of protecting families inside the Mosaic law. The health of the family was important to God. So much so that he put it for one fifth of the New Testament or the sorry of the Ten Commandments. And if we look through Scripture still, Old Testament isn't the only thing that talks about the importance of family. In the New Testament, Jesus speaks a lot on the sanctity of marriage and against frivolous divorce. The Apostle Paul talks about what Christian homes should look like, how parents should not provoke their children, and how children need to obey their parents. We find that in Ephesians and in Colossians. In 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 7, the unbelieving spouse is sanctified through the believing spouse, meaning among other things that the unbelieving spouse is in the position to be saved through the witness of the believing spouse. So why bring up all of these examples? It's to highlight as we look at family that God places a great emphasis on the importance of the function of the biological family unit. Maybe this should go without saying, but family matters. It counts. It's important. It's something you fight for. Your family is important. Choose to love them. God has truly blessed me with my family. I have a wonderful wife and and two of my own kids. And I have right now two foster boys in our family. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But... I've been blessed with a mom and a dad and a brother and a sister, and I can go on and on of my extended family and on how much they have shown me love and have supported me through many years of my life. 32. I just turned 32. 32 years of my life, I can talk about the awesomeness of my family and how much my family runs deep in the importance of my life. <clears throat> But unfortunately, some of us don't have that. Some of us don't have that biological family connection through various circumstances. You may not have a father or a mother or siblings or grandparents or on and on and on. So what does that mean for us? What does it mean for you who who have not had that connection as the biological, for a biological family unit, well, the Bible doesn't just stop at biblical, the biological family. If your family unit is broken or you feel like members have been missing for your entire life, the Bible emphasizes, emphasizes our spiritual family. If you want to turn with me, I'm going to look at two passages of scripture that emphasizes this spiritual nature. And the first one is found in Matthew 12. And it's 46 through 50. Matthew 12, we're going to start at verse 46. It says this, While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my brother, my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. The next passage I'd like to turn to real quick is John nineteen, verse twenty-five. In John 19, verse 25, this is with Jesus on the cross. He's being crucified and he's dying for all the sins of the world. And he looks out amongst the people and standing there in verse 25, but standing by the cross of Jesus where his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Colopas and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, Standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Alright, so let me paint a picture for you. Sometime between 9 a.m. and noon, Jesus is hanging on the cross. And it is not something that is... Oh, you got a scratch and you, you play it off. No, Jesus is dying. He's in agony. It's a slow and painful death to go through being crucified on a cross. And most of his disciples have scattered in fear and in confusion. And a number of women's supporters remain near the cross until the Roman soldiers later moved them back, one of them being Mary's mother. She's no longer young. She's probably right around fifty when Jesus is on the cross. So we would, at that time, consider her, in that day and age, probably a senior citizen, possibly a widow. We don't know where Joseph is at this time, but chances are Joseph was older and has probably passed. So, Jesus, looking out and seeing his mother, can you imagine him seeing his, her pain? His her firstborn son is dying on the cross, and Jesus sees, probably sees his mother pain, and, and he sa- he calls out. And he says, "Woman," and I want you to know this is a term of endearment in Aramaic. In the Greek, it's the word "gune," and it just means woman. Behold, your son, as he points out the disciple, and then Jesus goes on and says. To John, the most beloved disciple, here is your mother, Maitre, in the Greek. Jesus uses words similar to that being used in a betrothal. He is binding them together in a new relationship. John and Mary are not blood. Right? They're not related through blood. And yet Jesus says, here is your mother and here is your son. Even while dying for the sins of the world, Jesus is laying the groundwork for what our spiritual family should look like. Now, with these two passages, I'm going to clear up a couple misconceptions that you may get from these passages. One, Jesus is not saying here that the biological family is not important. He is not dismissing his mother and his brothers. What he is doing is making a clear theological point That the kingdom of heaven is the most important family connection that we can have, which is the spiritual, not the physical. This is truth is made clear in John's gospel when the evangelist says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. When Jesus called his disciples to follow him, he called them to be a part of a nucleus of 12 that would later expand to 120 in the upper room. And we know what happens with Pentecost and the Holy Spirit descending on the disciples. What happens? They go out and they proclaim the good news of Jesus to those that are gathered, and their number explodes. To three thousand to five thousand and beyond. And continues. And all of that is because they're connected to their Lord and Savior Jesus. So, what does that mean for us? When you become a believer, you don't just join your life to Christ. Alright? You join your life to Christ's family. The family of God. Jesus is the perfect big brother. I was not a perfect big brother my sister and brother will attest i might be a little better now than what i was when i was younger but you know i remember oftentimes i was i wasn't lazy but i would be lazy hey clay i really would like a cookie (laughs) will you go get me a cookie up to the kitchen he goes grabs me a cookie brings it back my sister and I would fight often, so much so that my mom would put us on the couch when we were younger and we'd have to hug nose to nose. I hated it. Not anymore, but I hated it then. Alright, but Jesus, He's the perfect big brother because He cares for you. And He calls you to, and I to care for each other. Galatians 6.10 tells us, therefore we have opportunity To let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We are family. And sometimes our spiritual roots run deeper than our biological roots. Sometimes you may feel closer to your spiritual family than your physical family, your biological family. Throughout the years, I have been blessed with my spiritual family. You guys have been a blessing to my life to my wife 's life, to my family, in that you may not know, but years ago my wife she had an illness, an autoimmune disease that affected her greatly and, and and put her out of commission for a really long time and i I thankfully I have support of my biological family, but the spiritual family that I have at this church was just absolutely amazing, and it still is. From, from running out and, and getting us things to providing meals to things where I, I didn't have a burden of having to worry about what those needs were going to be met so I could care and tend to my wife. That's something this family has done for me. As one example. Your family is important. Choose to love them. The parallels are quite clear. When we are born physically, we are born into a physical family. But when we are born again, we are born into our spiritual family. Paul, in Romans 8.15, he says that we are adopted into God's family. We become children of God. When we are adopted in God's spiritual family, the church, God becomes our father. Jesus becomes our brother. This spiritual family is not bound by ethnicity, by gender, or even social standing. As Paul says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for all of you were baptized into Christ. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You can find that in Galatians 3, 26-29. At the end of that, it says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. I talked about biological family and how God blessed Abraham's family unit. The biological family and the blessing that came through that. But guess what? Through Jesus, you are included in that. You are included as Abraham's seed, and because of that, you are found to be an heir according to the promise of Jesus. What does an heir mean? I think this is really cool. Heir means you have claim to something, right? Jesus, he's king. We're brothers and sisters to Jesus. If we choose to follow and after him and and believe in him, that makes us princes, princesses. I mean, how cool is that? We are heirs to the kingdom of God. Jesus as our big brother. Now, I mentioned I have two foster boys in my family right now, and um, they are not my biological family. And days are hard. When you have people come into your household and um, they are not your own, there are tendencies to not love them as much as your own. I will have days where I fight my physical flesh to love on my two children way more than the two boys that i brought into my house. Mainly because I didn't raise them. I should tell you, my, boy, the, my foster boys, they're four-in-one. And, and that four-year-old, he gives us a run for our money. Alright, but I, I think this is an excellent example of what it looks like to have a spiritual family that is our brothers and sisters. Because I have to choose to love those boys Each and every day. This family here at this church, they're not your biological family. They're your spiritual family. And you have to choose to love them every single day. Even if they give you a run for your money. So application for you today to walk out of here with this. Value others above yourself. As we begin to view members of our family, of our church family, as members of God's family, and thus as members of our family, our prejudice, our disputes, they begin to crumble. One way for us to truly love and care for the church is to get a big view Of the family of God and understand that the family of God is yet another weapon that we can stand against the devil and his schemes. They're here to support us when we even don't feel like we have our own biological family to support us. We have brothers and sisters we can fall back upon. We have a big brother who is standing before the God, our father, is fighting on our behalf. He advocates for us. We recognize, accept, and embrace our spiritual family. When we start to do that, we experience the walls of hostility beginning to be abolished and torn down. Only in the family of God can people so distinctively different be the same. Equal in creation and in redemption. And counted as brothers and sisters in a new family. Only through Christ so what does the bible say about our family the physical family it is an important building block for human society and as such it should be nurtured and protected you should be pouring into your family your blood relation you should be pouring into your kids lives and it doesn't have to be some complicated sit down and, and read masses and amounts of Scripture and all have this amazing lesson. You could sit down and read one passage of Scripture, one small verse, and just talk about it as a family. That's an example of strengthening and growing and pouring into your family. Show them what you do when, you're stu- when you study. What does it look like when you read God's Word? It should be nurtured and protected, but more important than that, biological family is the new creation that God is making in Christ, which is comprised of a spiritual family, the church, made up of all people who call upon Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. This is the family drawn from every nation and every tribe and every tongue, according to Revelation 7-9. And the defining characteristic of this spiritual family is love for one another. A new command I give you in John 13, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my, my disciples if you want love one another. Our biological family is important. No doubt about it. It's our our strength. It's our our foundation of walking through life, our support. But even more than that, those bonds don't don't last. Because they will pass away. They will die. You will have people depart from your biological family. Yet, in our spiritual family as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have an eternal promise that we will spend our time with each other in heaven with our Lord Jesus and our Father God. And that's not a promise that will ever be broken. So if you ever feel like you are struggling in life because your biological family is not there, turn to your spiritual family. We are here for you. We are here to support you and walk with you and encourage you. We will be your brothers and sisters. Your family is important. Choose to love them. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for all throughout the Bible. You lay out the importance of family of both biological and spiritual, Father. And I thank you so much for Jesus that you sent him here to teach us what it looks like to be brothers and sisters that are heirs and are a part of of your kingdom plan, Father. And I, I thank you that Jesus died on the cross to take that sin so that we may believe in him and that we may become brothers and sisters God, help us as we go from here. God, help us if we've been struggling with our brothers and sisters in this church. Help us to reconcile with them, Father, because you call us to love one another. No matter the dispute, no matter what's going on in our lives, Father, help us to turn to you. Help us to, to lay that at your feet and to forgive and to love each other, Father. We are your building blocks for your kingdom, the church. Help us to trust in one another as you use us to further your kingdom. Help us to recognize the importance of our family, Father, and help us to choose to love them each and every day. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Hey everyone, thanks for taking the time to listen today. Every time we open God's Word together, our prayer is that the Spirit of God would convict, challenge, and cultivate the listener in a way that moves them from where they are towards where God wants them to be. And as part of this, we have staff and volunteers available to pray for and with you. We have multiple opportunities for further growth and care from birth all the way into adulthood. So if you're feeling pushed to dive deeper and you aren't sure where to begin, give us a call at 647 or email us at office at cantonefree.com. If you're interested in more than just audio, you can find full video of this message and more along with additional resources at our website, Cantonefc.com. Thanks again for listening. Know you are loved and we pray God's blessing over you for 2021.